Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. That thing, let's talk about that thing in, in your life, and um, because I, I think that God is, I think that, um, two things, I think that God's at work way more than we realise, and I think he's at work way less than we think. That sounds confusing, doesn't it? But... I think he's both. I think sometimes we're overcomplicating it. Could you just open to Nehemiah chapter 2 for me? Just because I could stand here all day and uh, I'll, we're short of time. So, so, so I think God's way more at work. I think the things that would stir in um, your heart and mind sometimes, like those big things, are actually more something God is stirring than we realise, like what Ruth just talked about. I think it's true of careers. I think it's true of all kinds of things that God would stir in the heart of people to bring justice and to, to bring all sorts of um, um, acts of kindness and, and to liberate the oppressed. And there's all sorts of things that God would stir in the hearts of people, but there's so much need, isn't there? And there are so many heart, things that our hearts get impacted by that it's impossible to do all of them. And so we have to, at some point and in some ways, determine... Sometimes, what is that thing? What is that thing that really um, stands out for you that God might be stirring in you, like Ruth just talked about for her? Um, it's that thing that moves you. It's the thing that stirs you. It's a, it's a thing that um, uh, disrupts your spirit, your heart and mind. If it can keep you awake at night, it's, it's like every time I bump up against it, every time I hear about it, every time I see it, I'm 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 affected by it. Um, there are things that affect me that that um, don't really affect you and vice versa. And people get upset when everybody's not affected by the thing they're affected by. But maybe, I think scripturally, we can see that, that actually what God does is he stirs something in you that maybe he's not stirring in me and something in me that he's not necessarily stirring in you so that he can get a whole range of things done. People get upset and say, you know, I just wish we had one church, like the church, perfect unity, one church in Turnworth. So do I, and I wish they all went to this church. <laughs> I think the opposite. I actually think one church doesn't fit all. There's some people that love the traditional church so much that this church is one step short of hell for them. It's like purgatory's real. And, and then someone like me, I've been to churches that, that are so steeped in tradition, I'm like, what time does this service end? Which is wrong and which is right? We're right. No, neither's right, neither's wrong. They're both right. What if God actually stirred up so that there was a traditional church and so that there was a modern church and so that there was everything in between? And so God puts one thing in your heart. He puts a different thing in my heart. And so I want to talk to you about that thing, that thing, and, and, and so that we might explore it fully, that if God is actually in it, we might do something compelling about it. Now, sometimes God doesn't want us to do anything. David, the, the former king of Israel, it's interesting right now, they're, they're actually uncovering the city of David, you know, that, that parts of the world wanted to deny the 
kingship and time of David. But right now, right across Israel, they're digging up all sorts of things to just reconfirm that the things we read in the Bible in the time of the ancient King David actually happened as the Bible said. It's an incredible time in history to be alive and on the planet as things get discovered that have been for a long time hidden. But the King David wanted to build God a temple. It had it on the inside of his heart. He was fired up about it. And the prophet, um, is it Nathan, comes to him and says, yeah, David, if that's in your heart, go for it. And then the next day, the prophet comes back, God having spoken to him, he goes to David and says, David, even though it's in your heart, you're not to build the temple. And so sometimes that thing in our heart is not the thing that he calls us to. But I think most of us, that's not the challenge. Most of us haven't got a pause issue on the thing. And then other times, many times, it's like Nehemiah, who we looked at last week, we'll look at in the moments we have today, who... Who, who, who gets moved, who gets stirred, who gets disrupted in his spirit about the, the people and the place the, uh, of Jerusalem. And he gets so disrupted that he, he turns to God in prayer. He thinks it's his idea. Eventually, he recognizes that actually it was God stirring it in him. And I think that God does it. I think that God stirs in you and he stirs in me things that he wants to see change, things that he wants to get done. He would... He would stir it in me and he would stir it in you. And, and let's say that we're not sure if it's God inspiring it in us. At the very least, ask the question, is this worthy of my finest efforts? You know, because there are some things that aren't really worthy of your finest efforts, are they? There are some things that aren't worthy of my finest efforts. And, but there are others that are. Tomorrow is Monday. And in the NFL, they play the two finals to see who goes into the Super Bowl to discover who the world champions are, which is interesting because the sport only played in America, but they call it world champions. Go figure, only the Americans would do that, wouldn't they, Linnea? Um, anyway, that's a side note, isn't it? Um, don't know why I told you that, but that's an important thing. That's not really a debate. Everybody should be watching tomorrow. It's not a preference of mine. It's a thing that every person in the country should be passionate about. But there are other things that are just you're fired up about. That God has stirred in you. He stirred in me. And so we started to talk last week about um, that and identifying and articulating what that is. And the starting place for that for Nehemiah was prayer. He gets so moved, he gets so stirred, he gets so discontent how things are for the people and place of Jerusalem that he gets before God for several days in prayer. He fasts and he prays until he, and, and he comes before God. And we talked about the need to really take that thing and pray about it. I wrote, pray passionately. Pray out what's in our heart. Pray, God, what, what, what am I to do? And pray, God, you helping me, I will do something about this. And, and it's amazing how God turns up in Nehemiah's prayers. He says, God, if you'll give me favor with the king and release resource into my hand, I'll, I'll go for this. You know, we're about to launch the first part of the chapel. The chapel is way more than a church service. It's way more than a new name. We believe it's part of the future church. That's the ache in my heart is a discontent with, I don't think business as usual for the church will get done what God wants to do next. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's the articulated discontent in me. It's like, I don't think that business as usual will get done what God wants to do next. So what might that look like? And, and for you to articulate it um, is to bring it in prayer. And so I brought that to God in prayer. I said, God, I, I, this disrupts me every time I see it. I can't go to a church without thinking about it. Um, it, 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 it stirs me, it, it moves me, it bothers me. God, help me. And if this is you, God, I need, oh, my prayer is that you will bring resource to it because without the money to make it happen, it can't work. 
It's just a pipe dream. I was in a hotel in Sydney and, um, and within two weeks we'd had two businessmen, one in our church, one not in our church, hear about this chapel idea and commit to helping us underwrite the launch of those kinds of churches. Now, it won't get it all done, but, but I can tell you it, it, it's, um, it's, it's quite, it's quite um, powerful what's about what they've committed to. And that's when at the point where I went, okay, God, you, I'm praying about this. You're opening up doors. I'm going to walk through it. And so just to pray about that thing in your heart. And then, and then the next thing we talked about was that thing, that prayer. It, it, it's no good just being, I could just get frustrated with the church thinking, oh, business as usual, won't get it done and just complain. And I don't think God gave anyone the gift of complaint. I don't think he gave anyone the gift of grumbling. In fact, I think that complaint and grumbling and gossip and whispering, I think that it's so, oh, I think this, I think that God hates it. That's what I think. In fact, Proverbs says of the six things, no, the seven things that God dislikes, it says the one who sows discord amongst the brethren. That, that's like in God's hot list of things he hates, there's not many is that kind of thing. So I'm like, I can't just get frustrated with what I perceive the place that things are at. I have to get you to say, okay, well, if God's disrupting my spirit with that, maybe he wants to do something about it. And who knows, he might be crazy enough to use me and people like me. And I think that's true of your life as well. And so taking that discontent and going, God, could you attach a dream to it? Because that's what happens to Nehemiah. He gets disrupted in his spirit and then they attach a dream. God gives him a dream for it. Uh, to, to rebuild the city and to restore the fortunes of the people and to bring the renewal of the temple and the word of God and all this that later goes on. And God places a dream in his heart. And, I, and discontent needs a dream, otherwise we get frustrated. If, if the story of a person's life is just what's wrong with the church, their life ends up frustrated at best. But when God brings a dream to the discontent wow that is a powerful place to live and sometimes God wants us to lead the dream and sometimes he wants us to join the dream way more people join the dream than Nehemiah had than had a dream themselves and God wants to stir you and he wants to stir me with a dream in our heart because the dream is the dream is if you if you want to take a note the dream is like a picture of the future that creates passion in the present and, and we need that because if, we, if we're going to go after something that needs to see change, that thing, if it was easy to get done, it would probably already have happened, wouldn't it? The reason it hasn't happened is because it needs someone who's up for the journey, who's got faith for the mission, who's, who will do the work, all those kinds of things. And so number one, commit our ways to the Lord, the Bible says, and our thoughts will be established. To pray and to dream. Every God-stirred discontent needs a God-inspired dream. Every discontent worthy of our finest efforts needs a dream worthy, worthy of our invested future. And I think a great filter for this is, who's the dream about? If it's about me and mine, well, that's a nice dream, but I don't know if that's worthy of my finest efforts. But if it's about God and his cause and the people he loves, if it's, if it's in that ballpark, I think we're, we're under something. Um, so the dream, to pray, and then... I want to talk about what we headlined last week but didn't get very far on, um, and that is the plan and the work. And I'm really going to cut to the work um, in the minutes that I've got. So Nehemiah chapter 2, we're going to read from it. Thank you. 
Nehemiah chapter 2. So he's got this discontent. He's prayed about it. He's got a dream around it, which we looked at um, that passage last week. And now, and now he's made a plan for it, or he's making a plan for it, and he's going to act on it. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, Nehemiah was a cupbearer. He says, um, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing except sadness of heart. And I was much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. I like that he just prayed again. If it pleases the king and if, it, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? And, it, um, and so it pleased the king to send me. So I set a time, I like that, he made plans, he worked out who he needed to speak to, where he needed to go, the timeline it would take. Verse 7, I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I, I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, don't you love that? Because of the gracious hand of my God, because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. So I went to the governors and, and um, it goes on. He surveys the city, verse 11. I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. Um, and then verse 13, it talks about all of this. And, and then verse 14, what he surveys. And verse 15. And then verse 16, it says, The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because as yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or officials of, or any others who would be doing the work. And I'll just pause there and say, isn't timing is important? And anyone who's worked with me knows that sometimes I've got ahead of myself in timing, it's probably the second biggest mistake I've ever made in leading a church. Trisha's already smiling because she knows how many times I've done it. Timing is just so important in how we roll out information around um, what it is God has placed in our heart. Verse 17, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. And and he goes on and he talks to them. He rallies their hearts. Verse 18, I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And so they replied, let us start rebuilding. And so we get a stirring, a discontent, a dream. He comes up with a plan. He, he tests the waters on the plan by, and the dream by asking for the things that he needs. He does the hard work of asking and gathering the resources. And now they're about to get on with the work. And so he's got this fired up group of people good people who want to go for it and then after 26 days they want to quit 26 days and they're like nehemiah we are out we are done we're gonna 
we're going to quit. So the last few minutes I've got, I just want to talk about this because this is where most dreams fall apart. And I have this little plan in my mind whenever we launch something. And it, it works like this. It's like um, traction. Because sometimes the start is easy. Traction and then focused action in a, in a direction and then focused action and then consistent action. And then in my mind, I write consistent action again because once we've done consistent action, that will never be enough. We need to do consistent action again. And once we've done consistent action, we will need persistent action. And once we've done persistent action, oftentimes in the cause of something that's God-inspired or worthy of our finest efforts, they'll come to the point that they come to. We call it, don't quit now. Don't quit now. And somewhere around don't quit now is the art of learning to live in the gap when the dream is still way off in the future and even though we've moved 26 days from where we were and, and your life and mine in the thing that God would place in our heart if it's worthy or if it's inspired and there's a discontent and a dream comes alive and a plan comes together and when we start to do the work we will probably come to the place where all of us attempted to do the I'm done, I'm out and the people with Nehemiah were out of time to go to it they're like, they give all the good reasons why they're out. Other people aren't involved. The work's heavy. There's rubble everywhere. And what I find crazy about that is that that was all there before they started. And they said yes anyway. But now they're 26 days in and people are saying, you go on and quit. You, you don't need to do this. No one else does. Hey, this is hard work. Don't you bother. But, but my message to you around the dream God would place in your heart is don't quit now. It will come to don't quit now. And what we do in the don't quit now period will prove to be defining in what God's called us to. And I tell you, there's so many times, not that many times, but actually, but there are a bunch of times over the years where I've just gone, oh, really? Do I have to do this? Most of the time I'm fired up about it. But there are times when I have to choose that I'm just not going to quit and we're going to stay with it. I think of all that God's done in the course of our adult life. And God, imagine we'd quit. Imagine we'd quit at any point along the way. And imagine we even quit now, you know, just as you know, being away overseas and it was pretty good. They say in the US, they say it's much easier to build a church to a thousand in America than it is to build one to a hundred in Australia. Imagine they like Aussies. You could take a job in the States and who knows what God might do? Feel kind of good about yourself? But no, no, the, the key is to don't quit now because who knows what God is up to? And so as it relates to the thing in your heart, I don't know where you're up to. Have you started to pray? Have you identified the, um, the discontent, the thing that stirs you and moves you? Have you started to pray about that? Bring it before God. Has he put a dream in your heart? And if he has, is it time to, to actually do something about it? to get involved, to join someone living it. Don't reinvent what needs to, doesn't need to be, but to join it or to start it. And my encouragement to us today is begin to pray and begin to dream. And if you've done the praying and if you've done the dreaming and if you are inspired, work, start to put together the plan and then work the plan. And remember when we get to, if you've been to and you've quit and you know it's still there, just come back. Don't quit now, but learn the art of living in the gap. Maybe we'll talk about that next week because I've, I don't know what I did to my time today. Why don't you stand with me?
I think that this year that many, many people in across our church, there are things that have been in your heart. My prayer is that God would now bring them to the surface and that you and many of you are already joined them just to just go, hey God, I'm going for this. I'm going to pray about it. I'm, going to, I'm looking for a dream from you. I'm ready to plan. I'm, I'm up for the work. And who knows what God wants to work through your life this year um, for His glory, for people's good in Jesus' name. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person here. Lord, I know that you would, you would stir our spirits. You would disrupt our spirits. You would move us in areas. And I pray for that thing, not the myriad of things, but the thing that you would stir in the hearts of people. Lord, I pray to become obvious and clear that they could identify it and articulate it as you reveal it to us. And then I pray that we would be those who prayerfully consider it, that you'd place a dream in our heart or a dream to join, and that you would help us, Lord, to change the world as we know it by the power of your Spirit and according to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.